Well, good morning, High Life, and uh, welcome to um, our service uh, this morning. Um, this is the day the Lord has made, and um, therefore we have cause to rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't it exciting, um, the journey uh, that the Lord has taken us through as a community? Um, you know, starting at the beginning of the year, uh, when we had Perusia, uh, we really sensed that it was a sea change in terms of um, what God is doing in our community. Our time with um, Pastor David Edwards and Dr. Ephel Buke was truly transformational. And I believe it opened up the door, uh, or should I say built up on the things that the Lord had been saying to us uh, over the last couple of years now. I mean, it is definitely a new season. And, um, you know, once a season changes, uh, season change doesn't really inform us um, whether we're ready for it or not. Season change um, imposes upon us um, the necessity of adorning ourselves differently. You know, if you're in winter, in the winter season, and you've just come through autumn, and you're still wearing your autumn clothes, uh, winter is not going to be, uh, it's not going to make any exceptions for you. You have to recognize that there's been a shift, and you have to adjust accordingly by wearing warmer clothes. And that's what's happening to us in high life. You know, for years, the Lord has been saying that he's pouring out new wine, but he's putting it in new wine skin. So the Lord has been very intentional about uh, ensuring that we are prepared for the season and we're making the adjustments that are necessary. Uh, before I continue, let's just say a quick word of prayer. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful for what you are doing. Uh, I remember that song that says that I see what you are doing. Lord, we see what we are, you are doing because we're sons of the kingdom. Uh, we see that is a new day. It is a new day of illumination. It's a new day of light. It's a new day in which you are commanding the church to advance like never before and take new territories that up till this point has been uh, sort of not been the purview of the church. So Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. And we ask, oh God, that um, as we get into your word, we, we ask that the light of the word will shine brightly into our hearts like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I was talking about, you know, after Perusia, you know, uh, Daniel did an excellent series on, on watching to build, uh, where we essentially took some of the learnings from Perusia, particularly some of the teachings of um, um, David Edwards, and we began to press into them in terms of what do we need to do so that these things are not just great things that we hear about and we're stupefied by but we, we now have structures in which we can lay hold of those things in 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 uh, in practical application uh, and then we went from there and i and i did a series on uh or living the ascendant life where we begin to talk about faith uh, and then after that um Olumide did this great um teaching on spiritual helpers uh, understanding that in the operation and the employment of faith uh, we have helpers we have the holy spirit we have angels uh, and he taught us how to engage with angels effectively and then lastly uh, pastor really uh, continued um, what she had started last year on the distinction of government uh, with a teaching um, on uh, on building the model nation building the model nation you know i believe that the lord uh, you know what we try to do in high life uh, we don't just think oh what will be a good series uh, to teach on, um, we we try as much as possible to press into the Lord and listen um, to what He's saying and and go in His direction. Uh, a lot of times, the teachings that we um, that we give out are not 
areas that we're expert at um you know the lord will bring a book into our attention will bring a teaching series from someone else to our attention he will be stirring up things in our own spirit so we are learning as we're ministering you know where this is new you know if something is new it is totally new okay um like um it, it is totally new so you know um so so we're, we're learning we're learning as we go and the lord has been inviting us uh to journey with him uh into this new terrain and, and i believe that it's it's a journey um from what i what we call the breathless to the tellius it is a, a journey into maturity it's a journey into maturity and and sometimes it will be uncomfortable you know i'm thinking about some scriptures that talk about how in the wilderness that when the lord was leading them um by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night uh, at some point they were discouraged because of the difficulty of the way i, I just find that an incredible verse uh you know you wake up in the morning uh you see the very presence of god i mean the shekinah glory of god i mean the glory of God is, is the very throne of God in veiled visibility. So when you penetrate that cloud, you were entering heaven. I mean, heaven was in front of them every single day. The Lord led them by day and by night. They had no, uh, they, they, they had no confusion or no, um, they, had, they had no reason to doubt that they were being led by the Lord. Yet... The Lord led them through a path that was difficult. That was difficult. They had real wars. They were hungry. They were thirsty. Even when he fed them, um, he, he, he didn't feed them with a three-course meal. He gave them, you know, uh, you know, uh, manna and, and, and quails for 40 years. They had water. It was a difficult journey. And, and there was a reason why that journey was difficult. Um, he was teaching them and training them certain things in, in certain things to prepare them for where he was ultimately leading them to. So the Lord is is inviting us um, to journey with him, and he's taking us through an intentional journey from breakfast to Tellius. Now, those who've been with us for for um, for a while or uh, our Bible students understand what that means because breakfast is a Greek word. Uh, for babies and tellius is a greek word for the mature so the lord is leading us from babyhood to maturity um and he's intentional about doing that you know in first peter chapter 2 uh, verse 2 um in the new living translation it says like newborn babes you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation that means that when you come into christ yes you are born again yes you're a son of god but there is an experience of salvation that you will not have at that point it is an experience you will have as you grow into it we must grow into it and that verse continues by saying cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the lord's kindness you know when my mother used to make um 
cakes um, when we were young and she would be, you know, making the dough and she would call me and say I should hold the bowl as she was whisking, you know, um, whisking the dough and the ingredients. You know, I often used to have a taste. I would put my thumbs into the bowl so I could catch, you know, um, um, you know, uh, a splatter of, of the mix. And then, you know, I would quickly sort of lick it and I would, I would enjoy the taste of it. But how many of you know that uncooked dough, on big dough, um, is nothing compared um, with, um, you know, a multi-layered, you know, um, well-made cake? The Lord says that our experience of salvation um, is a taste of the Lord's kindness, a taste of it. That feeling you have, that liberation, that peace about your eternal destiny is a taste of the Lord's kindness. But it says that we should cry out for the nourishment that will lead to a growth that would lead to an experience a full experience of salvation and that is the intentional journey that the Lord is taking us on from breakfast newborn babies to mature if you look at Ephesians 4 um, verse 11 I'm gonna read that again from the um, New Living Translation it says now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the Apostles the prophets the evangelists and pastors and teachers their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ this will continue as in this equipping will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will become mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. It says this will continue until um, we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we mature. That word mature is telius. And it continues by describing what that looks like. It says the full and complete standard of Christ. And it continues. He says, then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He's leading us through a journey that will be like Christ in every way. Growing in every way, more and more like Christ. Every way. Every way. Every way speaks about being like Christ in the demonstration of the, his virtues. What we call the fruit of the Spirit. Being like Christ in the demonstration of his wisdom, his power, his understanding. Being like Christ in our expression of love. Being like Christ in our union with God. An expression of the, the heart of the Father in every sphere that we're engaged in. 
Now, this is not one of those pipe dreams, you know, or sort of motivational statements where, you know how it is, people say, shoot for the stars. And if you hit the clouds, at least you've done something. No, this is the reason for our creation. He is intentional about leading us on a journey to be like Christ, fully like Christ in expression. That's the reason for our birth. That's the reason for our creation. Let, let us pause for a minute and, and discuss this. I mean, what will this look like if we're like Christ? Yeah? What would it look like if we're like Christ in expression? Now, now if this is the purpose, if this is purpose and this is the intention and focus with which the Lord is leading us, then it is important to understand that as we grow, there will be marked differences in our lives. There'll be marked transitions from one level to another level, like 2 Corinthians 3.18 says. Because at the end of the story, the record of your life will be like somebody reading the Gospels. Because that means that everything that Jesus did in the Gospels, apart from dying for our sins, is an example of what you and I will be like when we are like Christ. So our maturity into the Tellius is on the Lord's mind. Now more than ever. Yeah, that is on the Lord's mind now more than ever. Now, now why do I say now more than ever? You know, in the word, I mean, in, in Matthew chapter 13, you know, we have the parable of the wheat and the tares and... Um, and we're not going to go to it, but it's something that you're probably all familiar with. Or if you aren't, then you need to go and have a look at it um, in, uh, after the service. In Matthew 13, the Lord was talking about, he said the kingdom is like a man, you know, who plants, you know, wheat in the field. And, and, and at night, you know, the enemy came and, and sowed weeds or, or tares in the field. And, um, and um, as they both grew, uh, as they both grew the wheat and the tares, um, you know, the servants came and said, should we, you know, uproot, you know, the, the weeds? Um, and, the, and the Lord said, no, don't do that. Or the, the master said, don't do that because you might mistakenly uh, update the tears. They said, should we, you know, uproot the tears? He said, don't do that because you might mistakenly uproot the wheat as well. So he said, let them both grow. Okay. And at the time of harvest, you know, go out there, remove the tears first, toss them in the fire and, 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 and the wheat take them into bonds and, and later on in the chapter the Lord explains um, explains the the parable and he says that um, of course the field is the world um, you know the harvest is the end of the age the end of the age so by definition we see that at the end of the age both evil and righteousness will come to a place of maturity okay uh the the tares or the weeds will be fully grown but the wheat will also be fully grown okay the wheat will also be fully grown and he says that these spiritual helpers at the end of the age will be activated and there will be this separation that takes place now we are at the end of the age. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says that we are 
the people upon whom the end of the ages have come. We have come to the end of the age and spiritual helpers have been activated like never before. There is a harvest that is coming in. In order for the harvest to come in, the sons of God must come to that place of maturity. Yeah, this, this end of the age operation can only take place when there is a mature harvest, not just of unrighteousness, but also of righteousness. And that is why I'm saying that, you see, there's an urgency in the spirit. Yeah, not because the Lord is anxious, but there's an urgency because grace is being made available to accelerate the maturity of his people to that place where they will fully exhibit his character for the sake of the harvest. Yeah. So the Lord is inviting us on our journey. He is, he is he's quickening the pace. And, and, and for us as sons of God, we must understand what is happening and recognize that it will be uncomfortable. It will be unfamiliar. But it, because it's because it's taking us from one transition to another so that we can experience, um, we can have the full experience of the salvation that we tasted at our birth. So the Lord is focused on the harvest of mature sons. He's focused on that. He's focused on it like a refiner of silver and a refiner of gold is focused. Okay, so understand that the grace of God that is being manifested in your life is not going to manifest as something that feels convenient. It is not going to be tracked by how comfortable you are feeling. No, that's not how you track it. It's going to be tracked by your advancement into the fulfillment of his purpose in, their, in your life. And that's why, you know, you can't track the accuracy of what was happening in the wilderness based on how easy it was for the people no he was leading them they were transitioning but it was difficult so it's going to be difficult but the grace of god is available for us um and part of that grace is understanding what he is doing in our world in your life and in our community so the lord is very intentional with us in fact let's look at malachi uh, chapter three let's just read this and the reason I'm starting with this kind of background is, you know, the Lord has not cast his pearls before swine. And, you know, I have been amazed. Uh, I know all the people who have taught, you know, uh, have been amazed at some of the things that the Lord is revealing to us. Um, you know, we're not teaching these things because we're experts. We're teaching these things because the Lord loves you. And, and you know, he has structured it such that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers will be one of his conduits for ministering to his people. So he's, 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 bringing, he's revealing things to us to share with his people. So our lives are being transformed and the purpose is for your life to be transformed as well. Yeah, but he does not cast his pearls before swine. And, you know, so it's important that we measure what is coming correctly. We give it the right attention. Uh, we give it like a right attention because it is intended for a specific purpose. There are truths in what has been revealed that will become gatekeepers to your entry into the next phase 
of life that God has for you. You see, prayer is not going to work unless it is prayer that is founded in understanding. Okay? You know, we talk about the sons of Issachar in, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, that said they led the rest of the people because they had an understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. They understood that they were in a Kairos moment. They understood the uh, the templates that were required for that time and they, they dispensed it. And as a result, everybody moved forward. So the Lord does not cast his pros before swine. It's important that we measure what is coming through correctly because we need it in the day we live and in the times to come. And it's going to be very different from what you have experienced in the past. So if you feel, well, you know what, this will have been too Jim Jim or whatever it is, or they are refocusing, or I don't like their focus. It's not about you or me. It's about us being um, led by the Lord in the direction he wants us to go. So if you look at Malachi chapter 3, it says, verse 2 says, But who can endure the day of his coming? Now, now I, I don't want you to look at this as, oh, when Jesus comes, you know, in, in um, you know, uh, to, to establish his millennial reign, or um during the rapture no the coming of the lord is always and i know those are ultimate revelations of the coming of the lord but the coming of the lord is always um a time of his revelation you know in first john john says that you know um that uh now we are the sons of god it's not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when we see him we will be like him for for we'll see him as he is so every time we see him every time we receive a revelation of him we have been transformed into that image. So whenever we, we're, we're desiring God or we're positioning ourselves for the revelation of Christ, he will come. Okay? He will come to us. He will come to us. Um, he will reveal more and more of himself to us. But, but So look at this in that context. Who can endure the day of his coming? Because the coming of the Lord is not just a, you know, he's not here to, to he, he doesn't reveal himself so that we can just be happier and comfortable. Yeah, it says, who can endure the, the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former days. So we're talking about the intentionality of the Lord in our maturity. And it says that he will come like a refiner of silver or a, ref a purifier of gold. You see, this speaks about the, the focus, the intentionality the attention to detail you know that the lord has in our development he's scrutinizing everything okay you know it's just like in in john 15 verse 2 that says that that you know as we bear fruits he will come and prune us that we may bear more fruit he has got a fruitfulness of his on his mind and therefore he comes to prune so the the pruning of the lord is is not is not it causes pain pruning always causes pain but the purpose of the pruning is to yield or to bring to bring out more fruitfulness so it's important to know what the lord is doing 
um, and to respond to it in this time. Okay, to respond to it in this time. You, you know, thinking about gold and refining gold, it's interesting that, you know, the carat, and we talk about 18 carat gold or 24 carat gold or 22 carat gold. The carat of gold is a measurement of the purity um, of gold alloyed with all the metals. You know, when you have gold, you know, the reason why there's a distinction between 18 and 22 and 24, uh, even though when you look at it, you might not be able to see it, but 18 carat gold just has 75% of gold in it. And the remaining 25% are other alloys, yeah, uh, which are with the gold as it was mined or have been added to the gold, you know, so that they could, you know, make more more change from it you know or, or or lower quality gold products so so people alloy other materials with it to reduce its carrot or the carrot may be a a function of how, where it was mined the gold existed with um with other metals now if the lord sits on us as a purifier of gold he wants to bring us to that that level of purity that reflects him and he's 24 carat 24 carat is gold that has no alloys no other alloys in it it's 100 percent gold yeah now it's interesting that um the traditional method for increasing the purity of gold um is is fire it's fire. It's it's heated up to about a thousand, over a thousand degrees centigrade, and and of course at that point it, it comes down to its component parts, and the other the other materials are extracted easily from that. So so there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of fire. Okay. So imagine standing over your life as a refiner of gold. He's bringing in fire. He's bringing in pressure, which will cause things to come to the surface. And he will, uh, you know, the fact that they come to the surface is no surprise to him. It might be a surprise to you, but the whole point is so that he can, he can, he can, he can uh, scheme those things off, yeah. And he will increase the fire again. You know, apart from the traditional method of purifying gold, there is also, um, you know, they also add, you know, things like acids. You know, so basically, it's a painful process uh, for the gold, but it's it's intentional. It is deliberate. It is taxing. Uh, it's a bit like building a foundation. If you're building a foundation, um, you, you, you spend a lot of time. You, 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 you spend a lot of time on the, on the detail of the foundation. You, you analyze the soil. You, you know what you want to build, so you ensure that it is well built because everything will rest on that foundation. It doesn't matter how high the building is. It doesn't matter if you, if you never think about the foundation again. But everybody that walks into that building is going to be walking on the foundation. So the foundation is very important or the seed is very important. So in this time, um, uh, the Lord has been very intentional about what he's leading us into. And it's important that we appraise uh, those things correctly. So the truths that the Lord is communicating with us have to sink deep into our hearts and must become the foundation and the framework for all we build going forward, okay? And as a leadership team, 
our focus is to make sure that also the way we dispense truth uh, and our community culture best facilitates um, um, the process whereby the truth that the Lord is revealing are becoming, um, um, uh, you know, woven into the fabric of our lives. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we have house churches, because our house church structure facilitates effective discipleship, effective mentoring. Okay, because discipleship is not a set of classes um, that you attend. Discipleship is coming into an understanding of what the Lord has for you in this dispensation and, and having it dispensed in a way that there is mentoring, there is understanding, and, and there is a, a tracking of that progress by those who are more spiritually mature than you are. So yes, uh, house churches may be uncomfortable, um, uh, may not be our preferred uh, uh, way of doing things, but, but, but that is what the Lord has for us in this season. And as humble sons and daughters of God, we, we, we must align to it. And thank God we're already enjoying the benefits of it and seeing the benefits of, of our house church structure. Um, it allows more effective discipleship. You know, if you look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, um, Paul said uh, to the, the church at Philippi, he said, Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the peace of God will be with you the peace of God um, that that settled um, state that we're in knowing that we're in union with God and we are on track with his purpose for us comes as we we receive we see we learn so you know Learn is not just through teaching. It says, we learn, you have received, you have seen me doing it. So it's, it's, a, it's a culture of discipleship, whether it's sight. You're seeing these things demonstrated over and over again um, um, before you. Um, I know our philosophy of discipleship is also going to be reflected in our teaching uh, content and the way we teach. So what we've decided to as a leadership team is that we're going to have shorter sessions um, of teaching because what has been happening is, in spite of the great word that's been going out in the last few months, you know, half the time we're not even able to go through the material because um, the emphasis we have is not just about covering material but uncovering material. So we're taking our time with it. So often we, um, you know, we've just gone through maybe half of it and then we say to everyone, go listen at home. Um, and then we're, we're missing out important things. So we want to make um, our teachings shorter so that um, um, we, can, we, can, um, we can spend enough time in our house churches um, asking questions, praying into, um, into what has been taught and needing that understanding into the practicalities of our lives uh, because these must become the foundation and the framework uh, for the days to come. Um, so we are going to start seeing that shorter teachings, Q&As, uh, and those who join us online, uh, even though this is primarily for those of us who are in our house churches, but those who join us online are not uh, excluded from this. Um, so you have the opportunity to, um, to ask questions. If you're on YouTube, you can, you can pose your questions on YouTube. We'll review those questions and incorporate them into 
uh, future sessions or into podcasts um, that we will be releasing. Um, we have all our podcasts on Anchor, on any other platform really, um, uh, on iTunes. If you look for High Life Church, you'll find our podcasts there. So, so that is what we're going to start doing. So, um, you know, so, you know, as a group, just, just talk about, um, you know, what the Lord has been doing in our lives and, um, and, and, you know, contrast what he's doing with the refining of gold and, and let us begin to ask ourselves how we can be more effective at responding to what he's doing instead of kicking against it but also how can we um as a community um better steward what he has given to us how can we better steward it so we do not forget these things um how do we better steward it let's discuss this should we have you know more sessions during the week should we have more um more like daily um, um meditation sessions on these matters how do we effectively steward what the lord is doing in our lives god bless you